they added vulnerability to our superhero gods, basically. Um, so I, th- I thought that was that was fun. Um, and, and I hadn't heard bad Russian accents in the movies for a while, so it was nice to, <laughs> <laughs> nice to have Elizabeth Olsen bust those out. You didn't see Child 44, so... That's true. <laughs> they were definitely going to the uh, Child 44 school of Russian accents. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is review number 359 with our review of Marvel's Avengers, colon, Age of Ultron. I'm Christopher Schneezy. I've got no strings. <laughs> and I'm Stephen, colon, Miller. <laughs> uh, and if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week on the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest film releases coming to a theater near you. This week, it's finally here. We are talking about Age of Ultron. How are you guys doing this fine uh, AI-infested day? Mm. Pretty well, yeah. I got woken up at 4 in the morning uh, this morning. Had a nice little earthquake. Really? Yeah. Was the rock busting through your uh, <laughs> your roof trying to save you with this helicopter? No, no, that's what all the shaking was. The rock was on the roof. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was the impact from him breaking out of his arm cast. <laughs> right, yeah. But uh, I, I think it's funny that uh, we've had like a couple little uh, small earthquakes in the last month. Two, I think. Two or three. And uh, I'm just going to laugh when uh, San Andreas opening weekend rolls around and that's when the, the big one finally <laughs> the decides one to come. At the premiere. <laughs> I'm just like, wow, this D-Box experience is amazing. <laughs> Speaking, I mean, of, speaking of San Andreas, I had to sit through that trailer twice in a row yesterday, almost three times in a row. <laughs> what? Because there was like a malfunction with the oh, screen no. in the theater, and so they they paused for like ten minutes and then replayed the whole thing. Oh man! So yeah, I got to watch Dang. Tomorrow Tomorrowland, Ant Man, and San Andreas twice. Dang! Was it at least the new Ant Man trailer? Uh, yes. Okay, because that that one at least like is newer. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> There's that. Newer. Yeah. <laughs> I, I still wouldn't want to watch it twice back to back. True. No. True. If you can't handle it for two minutes, then how are you going to handle it for two and a half hours? <laughs> right. That's what I want to know. But yeah, don't. Speaking of earthquakes, don't we have like an underwater volcano in Oregon now or something like that? <laughs> sure. <laughs> like my, I was like at my parents' house. They were like through the news channel, and I guess they're like, they're like, yeah, like usually we get like one or two earthquakes. Yesterday we had like two thousand earthquakes. <laughs> like what? Oh my god! It what? was like some crazy thing. I don't know. It's funny because when the water diviner came out last weekend, it rained in L.A. So I think just <laughs> I think Warner Brothers just has a control of the weather. They've got like Ed Harris up in a moon, <laughs> they, they got controlling like, shit. It's, it's basically the Hollywood version of um, uh, "Until I Wake" or whatever the hell that movie's called. <laughs> What's that movie called? The Kid That Dreams. Wait, I don't know. While I slept, or till I wake, or it's the new one with the. It's like the reverse Freddy Krueger horror movie that's coming out, where like the kid, whatever he dreams about, comes true. So uh, what what it, happened when you watched Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs? <laughs> <laughs> Cheeseburger. That would actually be pretty cool. Uh, yeah. I just started raining Pinkberry over there. <laughs> but, but you know that you know that if like when the big one finally hits, or there's some like large natural disaster, like. LA would be it would just be a survival of the fittest because all the cafe gratitudes would be gone like all the hipsters would just die immediately like there'd be no like gluten-free options at the Red Cross tent like um is this water coming a non-gmo cup otherwise I'm not drinking it I will go jump into the big pit the only cup you need is GTFO that's what the rock says when they oh hell that'd be hilarious <laughs> just, just remember though, if the big one does happen, I mean, Carson will be super screwed. But Stephen, get in a boat and head for the Golden Gate. <laughs> oh yeah, safest place in the country. Right. Yeah. Well, that's where the big waves coming anyway. Yeah. You know, you just gotta ride it up like the Rock does in the trailer. <laughs> got a perfect storm, that bitch. <laughs> All right. <laughs> what do you guys, What do you guys say we get into our Ultron review? <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right. All right. We're going to take a listen to the trailer for Marvel's Avengers or Marvel's The Avengers, colon, Age of Ultron, whatever the full title is now. They like to add a lot of junk to it. Um, but we're going to watch the trailer for that movie, come back and give you guys a review. I was designed to save the world. People who look to the sky and see hope. I'll take that from them first. There's only one path to peace. Their extinction. tried to create a suit of armor around the world. But I created something terrible. Artificial intelligence. It's called the Ultron program. I'm sick of watching people pay for our mistakes. Isn't why we fight so we can end the fight and go home? Well, you amazingly failed. <laughs> Nothing but our wit and our will save the world. So stand and fight. No way we all get through this. I got no plans tomorrow night. I'm always picking up after you, boys. We can tear them apart. From the inside. You can do! <laughs> you All right, so that was the trailer for Age of Ultron. Um, yeah, basically, it's, you know, our follow-up Avengers movie, and, uh, you know, Tony Stark wants to put a suit of armor around the world, but, you know, sometimes things go wrong, and uh, that suit of armor turns out to be a bunch of suits of armor that are evil, <laughs> and they are going to kill a lot of people. So, yeah, Age Ultron, let's, uh, let's get into this, Carson. Uh, I can only imagine that you, at the very <laughs> least, love that opening scene. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> when that scene was going on, I was just laughing because I was like, oh my God, this is Carson's favorite moment in any movie ever. Uh, yeah. No. <laughs> All right, what, what do you tell, why, don't you, why don't you tell us what you thought? Well, um, I uh, typed something out again so I can be a little concise in my uh, wording and a little more succinct so i'll just read it verbatim and not try to act it out like last time hopefully that goes a little little better but uh yeah so anyway uh for those of you in the dark uh or like my cohorts suffer from selective amnesia uh i was the lone soul who didn't gel with the first avengers thinking uh shaking my fist at it like a lowly old man but damn it, I will stand by it, and it's funny now that the sequel is out, and the general consensus seems to be good, but not as good as the first. So naturally, that means I enjoyed it a lot more than the first, with a lot of the problems people are calling out in this sequel I had with the first, but didn't have here. Overstuffed, sure, but that, but not to the point of exhaustion like I was the first go-around. Seeing Earth's Mightiest Heroes in one movie was overwhelming, and the action mind-numbing. And while the former is still in relentless full force, at least our heroes feel like a team and do team stuff instead of spending <laughs> half the movie fixing their hovership. But most importantly, Joss Whedon's voice is heard this time around. It's still not the Whedon we've come to know and love, at least in my mind, the Whedon who creates great characters and even greater subversion of genre. And while the action is fast-paced, it's mostly forgettable. Whedon still doesn't seem adept at blockbuster-sized action, but it's partly not his fault since every superhero movie is seemingly in a constant battle to one-up the destruction quota. It would have been nice to see Whedon scale it back to something more intimate and personal like Serenity. I think my main beef with the Avengers movies is that they most feel like a piece of the Marvel puzzle, unlike the most standalone films like Guardians or Iron Man 3, 
or the ones set before the dark reign of the Dark Elves, Whedon has all the right <laughs> ingredients in place with this sequel. So we, he has all the right ingredients in place for the sequel, but they just never fully form. It didn't have me laughing and squealing with delight like my favorite of the Marvel movies or something like Furious 7. I do give Whedon big props for admitting the biggest fault of the first film, which is introducing Hawkeye and then immediately disposing of him via mind control by Loki. I got a big laugh this time around when Hockey... Hockey... <laughs> Hawkeye... <laughs> Hawkeye tells Scarlet Witch, I've done the whole mind control thing, not a fan. It was the closest thing to Whedon walking in front of the camera and apologizing for how lame that was. If Age of Ultron proves anything, it's that Jeremy Renner is my new favorite Avenger. He is the unsung hero of this movie, and he delivers two amazing breaking the fourth wall moments during the final big battle that made sitting through an otherwise okay movie totally worth it. I'm pretty sure my girlfriend and I were laughing for a solid two minutes after this happened. It also helps that nobody does the non-badass badass better than Jeremy Renner. Marvel needs to greenlight the solo Hawkeye movie ASAP, preferably directed by Shane Black. Or maybe that's what <laughs> <Ding>. secret... <laughs> Or maybe that's a take a drink. Uh, or maybe that's what secretly the Born Legacy is really about. I mean, he did receive special training from a Hulk. Who knows? So anyway, um, yeah, I liked it better than than the first movie. Uh, still not totally hot on it, and uh, it's got his problems. But uh, I mean, I wasn't bored, and I'll probably never watch it again. But. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was for what it's for what it's worth. I mean, you get your money's worth, and uh, yeah, Jeremy Renner all the way. <laughs> all right, so now Stephen, tell us why the AI stuff in this movie makes no sense. <laughs> uh, the AI was actually right on the money. That's when we, oh. when we design AIs, it's big spheres, holographic spheres that just kind of shoot lightning at each other. Yeah. And you can always tell which AI is more powerful because it's just a bigger sphere. <laughs> well, no, and usually you know like the gold one is going to be good and the blue one's going to be bad. So that I mean, it, it's a sphere measuring contest, let's be real. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> They're just whipping um, out their spheres and throwing them on the table. Yeah. Yeah. Playing hide the zucchini. <laughs> <laughs> That was a good line. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was just out of nowhere. Um, anyway, I hope I hope we have a discussion about this because I have like remarkably little to say about Avengers: Age of Ultron. Um, <laughs> like, what can I say? It was it was fun. It was very fun. It was also there was something a little more draining this time around than the first Avengers. Like like this time by. By the third act, I was starting to notice how long I'd been in the theater, starting to feel like I'm still having a lot of fun, but like maybe this is trying too hard to live up to the absurd expectations that uh, the first movie packed. Like I, I had, I had a ton of fun all the way through. It had everything the first one did. It had like mind-numbing action. It had cool, you know very cg cg it had that comic book sensibility where everyone is like in on the joke people are laughing like hawkeye multiple times in this movie references the fact that he's like a worthless avenger <laughs> like <laughs> like multiple characters basically mention like he and scarlett johansson could just go home it doesn't matter <laughs> um unfortunately no one mentioned that uh kobe smolder's character is like the worthless person which she's, yeah, person. But, but she's just like shield staff like she's not supposed she's not an avenger she's like a helicopter pilot slash gun shooter yeah but she'll occasionally like whip out her pistol and start shooting it like robots or something like at the end of this movie yeah, yeah but like the whole point is that like she's just like she's like a communications officer slash navigational person yeah. and then like Oh, but she also can do things like that. Like it's supposed to be a surprise. Like obviously with Scarlett Johansson's character, like she's an Avenger. She's supposed to be badass, and yeah, she's kind of relegated to the person that does the lullaby or whatever for the Hulk. <laughs> <laughs> Even though I don't know why they call it that because she doesn't sing at all ever. Yeah, no, she just, just calms, calms him down. Calms him down. But uh, yeah, gets him and, riled up when he needs to. Anyway, it did get me thinking because we've been in the process of hiring people lately. So I've been giving lots of interviews. And one thing that like is important when you're hiring people is the, not the everyone to shoot a bow. <laughs> yeah. Not no, not everyone can be like the the rock star. Like not everyone can be the person who thinks they're the best 
in the world. Yeah. Like there has to be a few people that you can just kind of throw 20 things at and they'll do it. And I think that's what Hawkeye and Scarlett Johansson are. They basically do like the bitch work of the Avengers. <laughs> 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 like they do the things that Thor would be like, this is not worth revelry. <laughs> Thor, Thor does not do office work. <laughs> <laughs> he's not a nine to five type of guy yes they, yeah, blow the, they blow up the world and then jeremy renner and scarlett johansson have to do all the paperwork afterwards. <laughs> right along with uh kobe smolders yeah telling them how it's filed you know with, kobe has to just report on it afterwards yeah she's like the algorithms of how these tps reports are filed are not accurate <laughs> thank and you anyway, <laughs> anyway this had that same kind of sense of fun and, and maybe the first movie had it too but this you really could feel like joss whedon throwing in a few of those adult jokes kind of out of nowhere like letting letting robert downey jr be the bad boy you know like hide the zucchini and some some line about like someone said i'll try to handle myself and he'll said i'll handle yourself if <laughs> 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 like basically i'll cup your balls hey kids <laughs> hope you got that reference <laughs> And like, I just all this stuff, like Captain America, like whining about cursing and then everyone else making fun of him for it. Like there, there's a lot of just fun, goofy dialogue in this movie and nobody takes themselves too seriously. And the moments when they do take themselves seriously is when I kind of couldn't care about the movie anymore. Like all of them have these sort of visions of their worst nightmare that will happen and I'm pretty sure 100% of them were dumb to me. <laughs> well, St- Starks was the only one that made sense. Yeah, Starks made sense. I didn't know if, like, Thor and yeah. Captain America would have if I had seen, like... I didn't see the original Thor or the original Captain America. Oh, no. Well, I- I've seen them all, and those shits didn't make sense to me at all. I mean, does blind Idris Elba show up in Thor? <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's a character in the Thor movies. Yeah, yeah, but is he blind? Yeah! But do you ever see his eyes? He's definitely blind, dude. But do you see his eyes? Uh, I think so. Yeah, it's just I thought he was always like really... wearing that helmet, and he always he's talks always wearing about... the helmet. And he's got like gray eyes because he can't see. But even Thor was like, "What happened to your eyes?" <laughs> I don't know, dude. I I mean, I'm not an expert on these Marvel movies, but I just know he's blind. Yeah, yeah. The character is because he sees everything in like the galaxy or whatever. So he had maybe to lose he has like sight. gold. He has like gold eyes. I don't. I don't know. I'm sure I'm wrong. Maybe he's not blind in the Thor movies. Yeah. Anyways. He's like yeah. the gatekeeper or whatever. I, I don't know. It, it It's hard to even evaluate this as a movie because it's just such a big spectacle. And you go in knowing it's going to be a giant one. Like Literally every actor on Earth is in this movie. I, I think certainly every female romantic lead in anything. Like you have Robin. You have Lindsay Weir. You have... Uh, Elizabeth Olsen. I, I know I just threw out two character <laughs> names and then an actress name. I, I just feel like around Ju- every Julie turn, Delphi. Yeah, yeah Julie Delphi, like out of nowhere. Yeah. Uh, and that I know is out of nowhere because we're not getting a Black Widow movie. So I know I didn't miss the backstory about her. Um, <laughs> Maybe she'll be in it. I don't know. Actually thought those like dream sequences, even though they were like pretty unnecessary, like they looked cool like something about it was like well freaking out man they, they <laughs> like were the, well the made trippiness, the trippiness was like oh I'm, I'm down with this it was a little nice departure some of the some of the reveals were more shocking than others in that and if we do spoilers we could maybe talk about it but i i don't even know what to say about it like it's a big fun blockbuster with a ton of characters that you know and it's pretty mind-numbing it doesn't necessarily pace itself that well i did really enjoy ultron as the villain i thought james spader nailed it i thought when he was first waking up he sounded like the Birdman voice like the first thing he was gonna say is like smells like balls yeah. this code smells like balls <laughs> yeah i i thought he had a good kind of like nihilist worldview and a sort of wry sense of humor i i thought it fit nicely in the marvel universe I, I I definitely liked the character. I really hated the animated lips. Like the metal lips that move <laughs> just bugged the shit out of me. And I don't know why. I was just like, no, why does they do why do they do that? That doesn't make any sense. And I, I will say there is one character which is introduced in the third act that I couldn't have cared less about. And that's all I'll say. <laughs> does his name rhyme with Schmizen? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> 
I kind of thought he was like the greatest Power Ranger character that never was. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, <laughs> so yeah, so I, I had a lot of fun with this movie, but I think this movie is really dumb. <laughs> Um, there's like so much stuff in here. Like it, it, it you talked, uh, uh, la, 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 Carson, you talked about these, like a lot of these movies or, you know, the other Avengers just felt like a, uh, piecing together more the, the universe as opposed to being its own standalone movie. Yeah. And that some of the other movies have, have like, kind of like succumbed to that same issue. And like, this one really does feel like just set up for the next one. Like there's, yeah. I mean, there the the way they're working in all these like Infinity Stones, like in all of these films, like of all the films that involve it in any way whatsoever, this seems like the weakest like connection. <laughs> like it, it, the the way they weave that stuff in just doesn't make sense. Like I I really love the Tony Stark arc reactor uh, arc reactor of, the, of this film like i think that that's that was the most enjoyable part of this like it's i mean i talked about when he destroyed all the suits and how that didn't really make sense because those those would be good it's like he kind of no longer wants to be iron man he doesn't want to have to fight he wants to create a thing that he can put in place that will keep everybody safe but he doesn't have to be part of and then obviously as as things tend to do when you try to create a system like that it goes wrong and i i think that that aspect of it and his willingness to um, to try to bring that down and his, you know, whether misguided or, you know, perfectly on point, whatever's happening with him at any point in time in this movie, like that is something I can get behind and I can enjoy. Um, this film, like, creates these massive, crazy action scenes and then, like, puts us on a farm for a bunch of dialogue that doesn't really mean anything. And... Like, you said that this movie actually did some good things for Jeremy Renner. Like, the first thing I thought, like, as soon as the movie starts, like, Jeremy Renner's taken out of the action. <laughs> and, like, he kind of, he gets a bunch of time on screen, but he doesn't really get a lot of great moments, in my opinion. I mean, he, he, has, his, he has his key moments where exciting things happen for that character, but he's still just, like, Robin Hood in a world where everybody's got guns. And... Like, you know, you had that that joke about the moment with the mind control line and stuff like that. And, like, that's that's fun. And that's, like, you know, clapworthy or whatever. But it's not – he's still not getting big parts to play in the role. And, like, I've you know, I've read, like, the first couple issues of the, like, the new version of the Hawkeye comic that's that's been done. And, like, you know, he's a badass and all those. But, like, in – the Avengers, he never really gets a good, true moment to shine because nobody's really dependent on him. <laughs> like, there's no. I, I, I think he has his moment to shine for sure, but he sort of does it to himself. No, he no, sort no, of he, does it talking to himself. Yeah, yeah he, he gets good dialogue moments of shine. But I mean, as far as like being integral to the events taking place, like if he at the end, if he wasn't even there, nothing would really change. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, you know he may not have saved that kid i don't know <laughs> well he he gives some pep talks i think that's what the movie is getting at is that he's like the the human core of the avengers i mean yeah like i th i just think that uh, as you know compared to the first movie he get he gets way more stuff to do because he's not just like under mind control yeah yeah, yeah. no he, he gets more stuff but i just it i don't know something about it just bothered me that he's he's still like he starts off and he's be, he's being kind of badass, you know. He has some arrows that like you know he can he can shoot an arrow and do something cool. But then like immediately it's all pew pew pew. <laughs> I mean, I I agree with you that he definitely should be given more to do. I mean, that's the un the uh, you know the downside of a movie like this is there's so many characters. You you know trying to give them all equal screen time is just too much of a you know a task, a gargantuan task, I guess. Yeah. It's a, Hulk, and, a Hulkian and, task. Yeah, a Hulkian task. I mean, especially when you've got a bunch of new characters in here and like uh, Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver, you know, they're, I mean, they're kind of unnecessary too, really. I mean. I actually really liked them in the film. Like, I thought they. they I mean, they're fine. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I thought they brought a, a new dynamic to bad guys that hadn't really existed. Like, if everything was just, just like, oh, a bunch of machines running around it would be less entertaining than a few characters yeah. that could actually add some sort of dynamics like they added vulnerability to our superhero gods basically um 
So I, th- I thought that was that was fun. Um, and, and I hadn't heard bad Russian accents in the movies for a while, so it was nice to, <laughs> <laughs> nice to have Elizabeth Olsen bust those out. You didn't see Child 44, so... <laughs> That's true. <laughs> they were definitely going to the uh, Child 44 school of Russian accents. Yeah, I wouldn't have no. mind Elizabeth Olsen being in Child 44. That would have made that at least a little bit better. <laughs> that one guy was Russian, right? He was really, he was really fast. <laughs> I mean, nobody took a page from the Tom Hardy uh, <laughs> acting playbook and just copied the count from Sesame Street. Yes. <laughs> what do you know? Oh. How many children have died? One, two, three children. <laughs> 44. <laughs> All right. Anyways, um, so back to Ultron himself. Obviously, I agree with you, Stephen, that uh, Ultron is awesome in that James Spader is awesome. Um, one thing I really didn't like, though, is the speed at which Ultron turns bad. <laughs> like, obviously, you know, Tony Stark is trying to work with something that is ultimately going to be good. And, you know, he wants peace. Like, Tony Stark wants peace for the world. And Ultron, as soon as Ultron boots up, he's like, yes, want to protect the world? And then he immediately is like, oh, I know I can protect the world. Let's destroy it. Like, I didn't feel like the two seconds of him looking at footage of, like, wars was enough to, like convince me that his character instant i mean i know that he's a super crazy ai and processes the world faster than i do but like i understood the progression of find peace through destruction um you know there's been lots of movies even recently that we've reviewed um that involve similar similar storylines but i just felt like the it was like i'm online oh now i'm gonna be bad like there was no there was no oh i get it or there was no like you know, in, in the first Iron Man, and they even do callbacks to it in this film, you know, they talk about how, like, Tony Stark was, he was supplying the world with weapons, and it took him almost being killed by his own weapon to realize that he has to do something to stop that. So, Ultron doesn't, it doesn't feel like Ultron goes on that, a similar journey, like, oh, wow, the world is full of destruction. Oh, and one man brought that destruction on the world. It was a man named Stark. Like, he doesn't go on that journey. He's just like, oh, hmm, peace? I know how to create peace. Everyone must die. Um, Yeah, I I kind of liked the velocity that they threw at that because I felt like that storyline of him deducing that the world is not worth saving could have been something I've seen like a million times already. Yeah, so it was was kind of cool instead for him to just be bust out like, "Whoa, I'm a I'm a villain." Yeah, that that's that's the weird thing though is that like. His eventual, like, his true plan is not the world is not worth saving. The, he has a different plan, which makes zero sense. Like, evolution. Know, yeah, like, that whole thing. Like, I... I mean, none of it makes sense. I mean, the the city is flying, you know, he's shooting a bow it's, and it's arrow. Just, it's just a slayer slay roll. <laughs> slayer roll. <laughs> we don't need to say things like, like that yet. If Jeremy Renner taught us anything, it's that none of these movies make sense. But no, like it's it, how he he fills the island with uh, metal, wants to sell it for real estate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, yep. Yeah. Some yeah. little kid throws a piano. <laughs> he also wants to put Gwyneth Paltrow's head in a box. God damn it! <laughs> Come here, Miss Pepper. Oh. <laughs> Anyways, um, what I was trying to say is that. I, if, if he immediately was like, I want peace. No, F the world. They need to die. I would have been totally fine. But like his plan of like what he wants to do and how he wants evolution to take place makes zero sense because he's not actually providing a way for that to happen. Like in theory, if his plan were to succeed, I'm not saying it does or doesn't. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but spoilers, the movie ends with everyone being dead <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. that would so, have been ballsy so, so like if, if his plan were to succeed he would be the only survivor yeah so how is that the evolution of the human species i mean you could you could argue that about any of these big superhero movies you're like you know once you you know completely eradicate the human race and like you know there's nuclear waste everywhere like what are you gonna do like how are you gonna live well so i think his his loophole rhymes with smission of his <laughs> definition of what saving the race is yeah yeah but the thing is he has enough like flinstafler juice to make one of those mm. you know what i mean like it's not he's got enough frisbee juice yeah is he just gonna go around sleeping with all the survivors until they all become 
Yeah, I think so. <laughs> uh, I'm just saying, something in that plan didn't make sense. Like it was, I a, mean, it, it was a plan that could not succeed because if it did, it wouldn't make sense. I just think that any any big bads plan in any of these type of movies don't really make sense because it inevitably doesn't matter because you know that they're just going to be defeated. So we assume. <laughs> <laughs> right, but I'm just saying, I, I think that for the most part, none of them ever make sense. It's just like, whatever. It's an excuse for big destruction and action to happen, and we need our heroes to stop it. Yeah. So, like, I mean, okay, so, so I mean, I'm saying all this stuff because there's a lot of dumb stuff in the movie, but I still had a, an, an incredible amount of fun. Like, even by the end when Steven was, like, checking his watch... I was checking my watch during the farm scenes, but like when action was happening, I was loving it. Like they're like the big money shot of this film when like everybody's in a group fighting the millions of robots at the end. Like I, I love that shit. <laughs> like it was so rad looking. Um, and I know that Carson was probably like, "Ugh, f this." And Stephen might have already been asleep, but like I was like, "This is like the raddest thing ever." Um, but I don't know. That that might just be me. I mean, it would have been the raddest thing ever if it had just been, you know just been a little turn you know they turned the dial a little more over and it was all put into place but uh i mean i like i said i don't that's my problem with the first movie too is that the the action just seemed like it got away from joss whedon like it didn't it was very chaotic but it didn't feel like controlled what's the thing is like they're they're going so insane like i know that we have a two-part avengers film that's going to follow this like yeah the, is it the civil war stuff is that all avengers no, yeah that's, i think so that's captain america 3 oh, okay is that, the, is that uh, the infinity wars infinity oh, yeah, war yeah, is the yeah, yeah. two-part yeah. avengers yeah um so like there's going to be gnarly like i don't know how they're going to one-up this like the entire planet basically has to be ripped in two like, well thanos thing is going to finally show up you know yeah. Thanos is basically the winter is coming of this, <laughs> this series. His face looks the same as the White Walkers do. <laughs> He's like, I'm finally here, bitches. <laughs> I hope nobody has an obsidian knife. <laughs> um, but but yeah, so, I mean, is it is it a spoiler to talk about the mid-credit sequence? I, I don't think so. I mean, we we know Thanos is a villain who's out there and he's coming. Yeah, ba- basically mid credit sequence is is Thanos grabbing a friggin' empty Infinity Gauntlet, going, "Guess I'll do it myself." Yeah, Th- that makes no sense. His, his, I mean, I don't know anything about the comics, but I know that the Infinity Infinity Gauntlet is this stupid glove that has all the frickin' Infinity Stones in it. So if he's right. grabbing an empty Infinity Gauntlet, what is that gonna do? I think he wants to collect the stones. He's going to go collect all the stones and take over the world, But couldn't I guess. he collect it, like, two movies from now, or, like, I guess, wh- however many in-between movies there are where he's collecting these stones, in theory, there should be a scene where he's like, I guess I'll do it myself, and he's, like, putting all the gems into the glove. Like, that would make sense. <laughs> yeah, I really wanted to see him just putting gems into a glove. <laughs> <laughs> but That's way more badass. <laughs> But or, or like you could One, or, or the two. or the <laughs> mid credit scene could be him like plucking the remaining stone, the remaining stone from like I don't know some certain place that it's recently been put, and then like putting it Power in the, the last ducks a-hole. put it putting it in the last slot, and then like making a fist and being like now it's my turn or something you know like like anything other than grabbing it I don't know it's just to me imagine if like you're watching like a Liam Neeson movie. And he pulls out a gun, he like pulls the clip out and there's no bullets in it, but he slaps it back in and cocks it and goes like, now it's my turn. You're like, what? You have no bullets. <laughs> like, what? why? Why did you do that? I, I, I mean, all that Thanos stuff is is a part of the, you know, bigger Marvel puzzle that I'm not, I don't really care for in these movies, you know, leading up to it. I don't think it's as, you know, well, and like, Chris, I, I, I think whatever they, it's there, he's coming, you know, we'll, we'll get it you know eventually or whatever i think a better analogy too is if like in one of the taken movies one of the villain has a bag with like the name of liam neeson's daughter on it (laughs) and says i'm coming for you because that's what this is this is like this is the goal that i'm about to go wreak havoc (laughs) this is the thing i'm gonna fill yeah yeah. Yeah. but i I just mean like if 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 we knew in the context of the films that he had already collected all the stones 
And everybody's like, okay, cool, we defeated the last bad guy. And they're like, yes, but I fear something bigger's coming. And then, like, the, the credit sequence is him, like, with the glove. It does some, I don't know what the glove does, which is pretend like it glows or something. And then you're it's a, like, it's a power glove. You're like, oh shit, he's got the glove. Like, that would have been more meaningful than, like, okay, cool, you're showing me the guy you've shown me at the end of the last four movies. It would have been cool if he put it on. He's just like, I feel so bad. <laughs> he's like, I only have one. I'm bad. I'm bad. Um, the glove. Yeah, yes. Yeah, Howard the Duck could have showed up. The audience loved when he showed up at the last movie. <laughs> that was hilarious. At least that is homaging a specific thing. Like, you know, like that, I at least get what they were going for. Um, it didn't do anything for me, but I, I can still see like, okay, that that's a... You know, that's like the shawarma stuff. That's like, okay, it's just a funny little thing that whatever. But like specifically being like, oh, aren't you excited for freaking Josh Brolin and his purple makeup? And not even purple. It's all CG. <laughs> I don't know why I said makeup. Um, but I don't know. I just. <sighs> his voice. <laughs> something about it just bugged the hell out of me. Well, I mean, like I said, that's that that kind of stuff is more like putting the pieces together. It's not like the the Howard the Duck stinger or. The stinger after Iron Man three, like with uh, Robert Downey trying to get you know therapy advice from Mark Ruffalo, <laughs> it's not stuff that's just like funny and you know is you know standalone or inconsequential. Like yeah. it's just there and it's funny. I mean, I I I appreciate like that stuff more than just like the Thanos because then it's like all right, well we know it's coming and 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 it just I don't know it, it feels shoehorned like a lot of the stuff. Um, like I know that uh, Andy Serkis's character in this movie, like he's purely in this to set up the Black Panther stuff. Um, and and again, it's like you know, was it necessary to this movie to like have him show up? Like, not really. It's purely there. So I guess you know the two or three comic book fans in the audience can be like, oh shit, you know, because I I don't know, like I. That's just part of the the game, though. So, yes. Anyway, I I it is nice though when Andy Circus shows up and he's Andy Circus. Like I I do think he's a great actor. Like I no, I thought I, think, I thought he was great. Yeah, like I I liked him in that role and like you know when like him in uh, the Prestige too. Like I he should do more movies where he's not you know digitized. Are you gonna Doesn't make me eaten? see a cuttlefish? Doesn't he get eaten <laughs> by a giant leech in King Kong? Yeah, in King Kong, he was the the cook. Yeah. Good times. <laughs> so yeah, um, do you, is there anything anybody specifically wants to talk about in spoilers? Um, I don't I think, know. I think I can spoiler free talk about most of this movie. But, um, All right. yeah. <laughs> I mean, there really wasn't a anything, whole lot. Do you have anything left to talk about? Yeah. <laughs> I uh, So I was going to say, I think, like, other than just being the glue that forces people to go watch the other movies, what what does the Avengers have that other movies don't? And, like, most of these heroes have their own film already. Some of them, like Scarlett Johansson's character, they don't, but they kind of get co-opted into Captain America's movie. Um, the Hulk is really the only one that doesn't have anything but the Avengers to show him off. What's funny, though, is like in context of the film, there is a character-specific reason why that's the case. Like, he he doesn't even want to be part of the battles that everybody else is in, so why would he want to be in his own movie? <laughs> right, and that's why I think he's a, he's a super interesting character, and I feel like they used him pretty well in this movie. Like, they at least get across why he would not want to fight yeah. But I still, I, I wish they would show me a little more Mark Ruffalo and a little less, like, insane Hulk fighting. Because I feel like he's a really cool character, and I'm sad that he doesn't get his own movie. And in this, he's just kind of, like, I, I don't know, he felt a little shoehorned into me. Like, there's so much going on in this movie that I couldn't, I couldn't follow his plot line with Scarlett Johansson much at all. Yeah, it, that was a little weak, but uh, I, I I agree though. Mark Ruffalo is definitely a cool character, and he he's definitely my favorite of the people who played the Hulk so far. I mean, I I don't know if they're just purely waiting to do another solo Hulk Hulk movie, uh, just to make sure they don't boofoo it like the last two, 
but uh, I don't know. I, I feel like if they did a solo Hulk, Hulk movie, the only thing that would work, and I'm not saying this would be good, I think the only thing that would make sense is if the movie was about him trying to remove his powers, and then yeah. at the very end of it, he realizes that he... Basically, it would be it'd be X-Men, the, the, the newer Wolverine movie, <laughs> the Wolverine or whatever, like when he was in Japan. It would yeah. basically be that exact storyline where it's like, I'm going to do everything I can to get rid of this power. And like right at the end, he realizes like, oh shit, I need this power. <laughs> mm. Spoilers for Wolverine. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit, I still want to be invincible. <laughs> Don't take that away. <laughs> I just realized zucchinis are green. So is Downey implying that Hulk was in Hulk mode? <laughs> <laughs> it that's, like, a, that's a lot to take, man. It sounds like Damn. we've been like, working this out on paper the whole time we've been talking. You're like, wait. Steve has been creating an algorithm. Zucchini, mm-hmm. growing zucchinis. Uh. <laughs> Steven's like on a chalkboard. Wilt's uh, doing this review, yeah. trying to bust out an algorithm. <laughs> the okay, like... so the mean jerk time is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, at the end, you're like, and zucchinis are green. Drop the drop the chalk and go. F- you science. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, good times. Yeah. So that would just be yeah. I think that that would be an interesting uh, that would be an interesting Marvel movie. The Hulk and Black Widow try to start a family. <laughs> no? Okay. But, but for certain unnecessary plot twists, it's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> yes. There's oh, even well. a line after said plot twist where she says, see, you're not the only monster. Like, what kind of mm. f***ed up line is that? <laughs> <laughs> and in all fairness, he spent his entire life trying not to kill, and she spent her entire life killing. So, yeah. I mean, it's like, who hey, really is the monster? Like at least you don't get mad and turn into a giant angry green monster Hulk person. I just don't think the status of her uterus is what makes her a monster. <laughs> right, exactly. Actually, it's probably beneficial because then she doesn't have to have a child. Yeah, it's not the status of her u- uterus; it's what's under the skin. Right. <laughs> totally. She's like, I took, I got injected with all these drugs, and now like I can't have children because I can move things with my mind. <laughs> I was like, where are you going with this? And I'm like, oh, that's right. Yep. All the drugs. Made Julie, her Delphi, brain work 100%. Julie Delphi. Julie Delphi hid the drugs in her uterus. That's why she's that's why she's infertile. <laughs> Do you think it, it's just her no, very no. feminist her very feminist character from the before movies. Like <laughs> you girl, you gotta get an education. You gotta you gotta have yeah. a job. Yeah. So really, uh the Black Widow spinoff like the origin movie is just gonna be like it's gonna be like precious but like in russia like set in a like a russian training center it'll just be the russian version of james bond (laughs) with a chick in the lead right will that not be what it is yeah no i don't think they would go back that far i don't know i don't know how they do it in soviet russia james bond is (laughs) (laughs) pro-feminist It doesn't make sense in the context of that line. (laughs) I don't care. I I wonder though. I wonder though if that's like a thing from the comics that, like, that's you know akin to her character, or if that's something that we. I'm sure it is. It wouldn't make sense why they'd put it in there if it wasn't. No, I mean, I mean, I mean, they could have. I mean, they change shit all the time. But I just wondered if, if maybe that is. I, I don't know. I mean, I would totally be down for a, a Black Widow solo movie, you know, origin uh, tale I. or something. But uh, yeah, I just I don't. I I was curious to know if that was something that was. I guess I gotta go gooks it. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> gooks it is what happens right after hiding this the zucchini. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, anyways, I don't think we've actually talked about the film for the last 10 minutes, so we should probably wrap no. this episode up. What do you say, guys, we get to the verdicts for this episode? Carson, if you were going to give this a must-see, recommend with a caveat, wait for rental, pass with a caveat, or a must-avoid, what would you give it? Um, I'm I'm pretty, like, 
in the middle down the line with this movie so i'm gonna give it a wait for rental uh i mean my philosophy is that you should see every movie in theaters so don't wait obviously don't take that literally i I would if you're gonna go see it definitely go see it in theaters like it's worth seeing on the big screen obviously um but i just think from where i stand it's like i'm in the middle but i did enjoy it a lot more than the first movie so all right, Steven. And, and way more than Captain America 2. <laughs> I, whereas I would put it right in that bucket with Captain America 2 of a movie that I found thoroughly enjoyable and gave me zero things to think about. <laughs> and I found almost impossible to recall anything about after the fact, uh, which is just like fine for a Marvel movie. Doesn't reach the heights of some of the best ones, but like, Solid recommend with a caveat. Caveat being, this is not going to be a standalone film that you will love. It's going to be a few hours of your life that you're going to watch CG things blow up and a ridiculous plot to save humanity fail miserably or succeed. Maybe everybody <laughs> dies. I don't, I don't want to spoil anything. Maybe Gwyneth Paltrow's head isn't in the box. I don't know. <laughs> Does she still have powers from Iron Man 3? <laughs> Oh, maybe. <laughs> Anyways. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I like this way more than Captain America 2. I think this is like leaps and bounds. It's like Hulk jumps above Captain America 2. Um, still not the greatest oh, yeah. Marvel piece of work that's that's come out. But I did have a lot of fun with it. Like Quality-wise, it's probably a recommend the caveat. Um, but, I mean, it's like at this point, the Marvel train is full steam ahead. And you kind of have to watch them all just because sprinkled between you're going to like some of them and some of them will actually be uh, pretty good. And at this point, like you, you should just be watching them all anyways, because why not? Um, so yeah, yeah officially the, Ameri- the American way, yeah, the American way. Officially, I will give it uh right with the caveat. And I will say too, this is the first time I think in any of the films where literally the world is in jeopardy. Like, most of the villain plots, yes, it might have ramifications for the planet as a whole, but it's usually like an isolated city where, like, you know, the first Avengers, these aliens are coming through a portal to attack that city. And yeah, if they happen to take that city, if they sack the city, they could spread to other places on the planet, but it's still a localized force being descending, descending on a single city. At least Ultron's plan has like world-reaching ramifications if he is able to succeed. So, got to give him at least credit like that. I mean, it's a sequel. You got to go big or go home. Yeah, I just don't know what they're, where they're going to go bigger next time. Oh well, I'm sure it's Infinity War. It's like two-part ex- extravaganza. It'll probably just be we're going to destroy the whole galaxy. Yeah. This time, it's not the Earth that's in jeopardy. It's the Earth's sun. Which has ramifications yeah. for the entire galaxy. <laughs> Including Neptune and Pluto. And <laughs> uh, well, Pluto's not a planet, so. Yeah, unfortunately, not Sedna. anymore. <laughs> All right. I well, think that was a planet for a little while. I, Do you know, are Guardians of the Galaxy going to be in the Avengers movies? Like, have we been told that yet? I, I don't know. I don't know if they are scheduled to be or not. I assume there will be some sort of crossover. Yeah, eventually there will be. I know, like, once again, I read, like, the first issue of the Guardians of the Galaxy from the new release of, like, the Marvel Now stuff. And, like, the it opens with, like, Star-Lord and his buddies flying in and, like, Tony Stark is flying around with them and they're making jokes about, like, uh, other worse superheroes than Tony Stark. <laughs> so, or not not tony stark i mean like there's like somebody talking about captain america and then there's like a captain britain and then he has some joke about there being a captain britain anyways mm. i'm really selling my comic book knowledge really well <laughs> <laughs> basically i just read the first issue of anything that looks cool and then i go like one day i'll read more mm. and then i don't but anyways this is oh i i, I did look up uh, black widow is that's that's from the comics so just in case, I, I got it. I'm I'm aware now. Oh, her backstory? People listening, yeah, who might be like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. So why doesn't she yeah. do a fake Russian accent? I don't know. I guess she dropped it. She's a, she's like a, a spy. I don't, I don't know. 
<laughs> she's like she's like the Americans or something. She's just like a double agent or I don't know. Yeah, she practiced for a long time to get rid of her accent. I can guess, they really yeah. can they really just not find any Russian people to play anyone? Like <laughs> like the person in the dream sequence for two seconds has to be Julie Delphi. Like it has to be a French woman. <laughs> what, what about uh, our friend from Iron Man too? Uh, Mickey Rourke. You didn't like his. There will be blood in the water. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Are you saying he's not Russian also? <laughs> no, he's totally Russian. I don't want to break the illusion for you, Chris. <laughs> oh no, my world is crumbling. You know what? I was kind of bummed, though, that, you know, James Spader has such a good voice and they kind of like manipulated it with like the robotic, you know, sound like they put it through some kind of robotic filter. Like, did I don't know, that kind of bothered me because like his voice is like pure sex. Like it's very intimidating <laughs> and, and it's very distinct. So it's like you'd think they would have just done it like unfiltered and everything. I don't yeah, but, know. But we already had one sexual AI robot movie in, in the last week. So. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it also it also was like bothering me that it looked like he was just, he had two Bluetooths on. He was double Bluetooth in it. <laughs> he was He's a douchebag. He, like he was like a customer care center. He was just playing Robert California from, from the office. He's <laughs> all, <laughs> so what will happen if I fail your test? Like he, he like punches in. He's just like, oh yes, I will help you with your... AT&T. <laughs> Dunder Mifflin <Internet>. will evolve. <laughs> <laughs> What's the key to peace around the world? Paper. <laughs> All right. Anyways, uh, I think this episode is done. It has been for like 20 minutes. <laughs> so, We're done. So, Carson, why don't you let people know where they can find you? Uh, you can find me, uh, you know, on the internets, everywhere. Transcendence. <laughs> so, Steven? Uh, you can find me playing hide the zucchini at twitter.com <laughs> slash sdavidmiller <laughs> or com. Uh, you can find me hiding with the last remnants of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, over at uh, Christopher IRL at Twitter. I don't know why I f- <laughs> Twitter.com slash Christopher IRL. Um, <laughs> You can find the podcast over at thespoilerwarning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. Um, if you want to know when the episodes go live, you can follow the podcast on Twitter at twitter.com slash spoilerwarning or like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash thespoilerwarning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, uh, you can send an email to fans at thespoilerwarning.com. You can use the contact form on our site or you can call and leave us a voicemail at 760-575-4TSW. That's 760-575-4879. Music for this episode will come from the soundtrack to uh, the Avengers. It'll be that big old Avengers fanfare theme, blah, blah, blah. So hopefully you're enjoying that. Um, Yeah, that is it. So enjoy your Marvel weekend and watch out for earthquakes if you live in California. (laughs) Yeah, we got got the rock on our sides. It's okay. Unfortunately, all the rocks are moving. Yeah, it is. All right. Well, thanks for joining me, guys. You're welcome. I was trying to think of a way to turn the fault in our stars into San Andreas, and I couldn't. (laughs) I couldn't do it. Well, the rock's a star. Yeah, that's true. And but he's on a fault, but the fault isn't in him. I don't know. It'll be the stars in our fault. (laughs) Mm. I, I still think between a rock and a hard place, that was pretty good. (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that's also where you play hide the zucchini. See you guys. Oh wait, later. find me at twitter.com/krishner too. I forgot. <laughs> Did you actually create that account? <laughs> no, I didn't. Someone else had it. Did they really? Like,